Hey everybody, welcome into the latest edition of the Pokescast, production of the Casper Star Tribune and Pokes Authority. I'm Davis Potter, Wyoming beat writer for the Star Tribune, and I'm joined, as always, by our Wild Varsity Preps writer, Brady Oltmans, who is on the phone helping Casper. Brady, uh, hard to believe we're uh, less than three weeks away from the start of college football season here in Wyoming. Dude, don't remind me. I, I'm not ready. Why? I have yet to. I have yet to be ready. I know it's going to be an unpopular opinion, and I know everybody's like, "Oh man, football! Like, aren't you glad it's back?" Well, like, bruh. It... Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing too. Like most, I mean, even like casual college football fans, like really, you know, they sit around and just sort of wait on it. For us, like you know, we as as sports writers, like we get into. The, the routine, the monotony of all this stuff. And, you know, we, I mean, before, like, I'm almost to the point where I don't even know what day it is. Like, we can, more than a week into fall camp now, it's like, you know, it, it just sort of gets here, like, creeps up on you because we just get so busy. And Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, I On numerous occasions, I have forgotten what day it was. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, it's it hasn't quite gotten to that point yet, but it it'll be here probably early early this week. It'll it'll get here. So, uh, so Wyoming is uh, a week, a little more than a week now into fall camp, um, including Saturday's practice. They've had eight practices, and uh, so we are going to um, just dive into what we've seen so far, what I've seen in particular. Um, in the first segment, we will. Uh, talk about just what I've observed, um, you know, both good and bad through through the first week. Um, and then the second segment, we'll come back and uh, answer some questions that I've gotten sent to me on Twitter um, about fall camp and about some players in the upcoming season in general. So that's kind of how the format of, of this podcast will go. But um I'll start, Brady, with a position that is not the most sexiest when it comes to a football team, but there's a competition at punter for Wyoming. And it's really, I mean, when you think about Wyoming going into next year, they're, they're pretty set as far as they're starting, as far as their starters. Uh, I mean, there's not a whole lot of true competition going on for, for the top spot on depth charts at a lot of positions. But, I, I mean, I would say punters probably – um, the one where there is, and that's really because Tim Zaleski is still, you know, struggling to come back from that uh, surgically repaired uh, knee ligament last year. Um, people will remember he tore his ACL against Boise State, missed the rest of the season, and um, you know, from all accounts, the surgery went well, but he he had a setback. I think kicking at a camp uh, over the summer, and um, yeah, in, in the the live we because we did get to watch um, the, their live punting drills that they did Friday morning, which was the last practice where there has been media availability last week. And uh, he had a wrap. It's it's actually his pant leg, um, and you know he had a wrap on that leg, almost sco- covering his whole leg. And like you could tell just watching him punt, man, like. It's just, it, it's bothering him, and you know, he, even after he punted a few times, you know, he he, he was grimacing and just walking around, um, sort of gingerly on it, and so, um, yeah, and th- th- those punts aren't. I mean, I'm, I mean, I don't 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 quote me on this, but just watching it um, from a naked eye on, on a practice field, I mean, it, 
because uh, you know we stand behind them, so we're not on the sideline and we can't see exactly like what the yardage is and how far the ball's going. But I mean, I would, I mean, he, I would venture to say he's lucky to be punting, get, getting those things off 30, 35 yards right now. Um, and you know, t- Ryan Galovich um, is the senior that filled in some spot duty last year. You know, when he initially went down, and um, you know, he's looked really good. Uh, and that, and that's a position. Um, I, I know. Again, I mean, I know. You know, punters and kickers get overlooked a lot by by the casual fans. But um, that's a that's a position where they struggled. Uh, you know, Ryan Galovich. I think he averaged you know thirty seven punts or thirty seven yards a punt. You know, when when Tim went down, and uh, you know Tim wasn't much better through those first five games. I mean, they I think he averaged around thirty eight thirty nine yards a punt and. You know, when, you, when you're talking about, um, you, you know, field position, and particularly last year with Wyoming's offense is as bad as it was in the passing game and, uh, you know, as many <laughs> times as they had to punt, you know, flipping field position can, is a big deal in football. And uh, they need to be better in that in that area. And, and frankly, man, I don't – I think that's simply going to come down to whether Tim Zaleski is healthy enough come the Missouri game. Um, I think, you know – if he's not, I think Ryan Galvich is the guy. If he is, I think Tim gets a spot back. It'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, as they get deeper into camp, um, you know, if, you know, maybe a week or so, entering game week, at, uh, and, you know, Tim is still struggling uh, to get back to, to full strength. I wonder if they'll bring put move Dante Crow back there. You know, I mean, Dante, because Dante was their best punter last year I mean, with the rugby style. I mean, I think he averaged 43, 44 yards a punt. Um, did really well on the fly, and uh, you know they've moved him back to receiver full time. But that that'll be interesting. I think it's a little too early right now to, to ask that question. But uh, you know, as this thing gets deeper, and if he doesn't make a whole lot of progress, um, I'll be interested to see if if that's a move they, they might contemplate making. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to take your word for it because it sounds right, and yeah. you're down there. But for sure, uh, it's good to have op- it's good to have options. I can't remember who's who I was joking with about it, but we started saying it's good to have options as like a running joke. So it probably won't make sense on this podcast. You can cut that if you want, <laughs> but that's all I got. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, appreciate the uh, the help there, Brady. Um, but so yeah, I mean, I think that's. The situation there is, is, is pretty cut and dry. Um, the next observation for me is if if this corner group um, is not one of, if not the best in the Mountain West this year, I'll be shocked. And frankly, um, talking to Craig Bowl and and the rest of the coaches and players, it'll be a massive disappointment if this cornerback group for Wyoming is, is not really, really good and really productive this year. Uh, I mean, you can make the argument that they're the deepest in the league, um, talent-wise. I mean, Fresno State's got some guys back, and uh, so so they have a strong case. But um, you know, when you talk about the the mix of, of depth, talent, and experience that this corner group has, uh, when you're talking about Tyler Hall, Antonio Hole, a pair of seniors that are back as starters, uh, C.J. Colden is their third corner right now, and he was the guy that, that uh, started the year last year at corner before he got hurt. And they move Tyler Hall back outside the corner, and then you've got uh, the Arizona transfer Azizi Hearn, who might be the most physically gifted of the whole group. I mean, he, he's 
he is right at six foot two, a um, little less than 200 pounds. I mean, physically he looks the part and um, he may have the best combination of, of, uh, of tools of anybody on that group. So you've got four guys that have all started uh, games in the F- at the FBS level. Um, I mean, th- that's a real luxury for them. Now, obviously, that can change in an instant if you have an injury or two. But, I mean, they've got four guys that they can run out there and are confident in running out there. And, and that, I think that's going to help them, um, you know, not only just from a, a strictly a, a talent standpoint, but a, a rep standpoint, a, a fatigue standpoint. Because when you're rotating four guys constantly, I mean, all your guys are going to be fresh, you know, in the, come the third and fourth quarter. And um, this is a this is a group that that Craig and and some of the players and coaches have openly talked about. Um, they need this group to be dominant because um, you know you're you're still not sure exactly what you have on the defensive line. Um, I mean, obviously you're set at linebacker, but in terms of creating a pass rush, uh, this was a Wyoming team that was not very good in that aspect last year. Even with some of the talent they had out front, with you know with Carl Granderson and, and some of those guys that are now gone. Um, but this, they might have to generate more pressure by by blitzing a lot more this season. I mean, we'll see once we get into once the games start. But you know, they might have to bring five, six guys to get pressure on the quarterback. And to do that, you have to play man on the back end, and you have to be really good at it, or else you're going to get burned. And I think that this group, this is a group that that can play a lot of man coverage, and I think they can mix and match in the secondary, move some guys around, um, throw some different packages in there. Um, so this this is a group that they're that they want to put on an island a lot, and, and I think you're going to see a lot of man coverage as they mix up some of their looks, um, particularly up front. So, uh, they, they, I mean that group they they look really really good, and they, and they should be really good this year. Uh, and then the true freshmen, um, I don't know how many of those guys are going to play. Like, like I said, we're only a week into camp. It's probably going to take them another week to really evaluate some of these guys and nail down, okay, who's going to be able to actually step in and, and help contribute this year. But that group looks the part. Like physically, um, at, from a physical standpoint and their makeup, um, they absolutely look the part. I mean, there's some linebackers out there that, that, are, that are big. Um, you know, Dewan McNeely, one of the three freshman running backs, um, I mean, he looks – you could line him up as an NFL receiver right now and – no, I, no, nobody would would blink an eye. It, it just in, in terms of what he looks like, um, you know, the, a lot of these guys are, particularly at the skill positions. I mean, there's six two, six three, right at two hundred pounds. Some of these guys, you know, two fifteen, two twenty. Um, you know, it, it's a, it's an impressive looking group from a from a uh, physical standpoint, and and their, their stature, just the way they look. Um, you know, I haven't been around to see what. You know how some of these other freshman classes have looked under Craig Bowl when they first got on campus, but um, you know it, they certainly looked apart, and it'll it'll be interesting to see exactly how many of these guys end up contributing. Now, look, you, there are certain positions where you already know that some of these guys are going to contribute. Obviously, running back, you know, Xavier Valade and Trey Smith are your only scholarship back, so there's going to be at least one of those freshman running backs that, that ends up being a part of the rotation out of necessity. Uh, you could probably say the same thing at nickel where Keon Blankenbaker is there, and that's about it right now. Um, linebacker, uh, you know, you've got obviously Logan and Cash, uh, and then Chad Muma is sort of that third guy. But unless some of those veterans really step up at that position that that are uh, lower on the depth chart, I think you're going to see some of those true freshmen push there and, and possibly be part of the rotation at that position. But, um, yeah, it's a, physically it's a, it's a really good-looking group they've got.
Wow. Wow. Put some respect on my man Brett Brenton's name, homie. Put some respect on it. Come on. Uh, uh, I mean, don't you mean? I don't uh, think I don't think Brett Britton's going to be playing a whole lot this year. Casper, native, Casper scrimmage touchdown scoring running back <laughs> Brett Britton. I mean, come on, that's true. I mean, yeah. I, and you want to talk? Come on, come on, my guy, out here, multi-time state wrestling champion. Yeah, out here. My, my guy out here to ball. My guy out here to have fun. And he, uh, he's going to future Doak Walker Award winner. Brett, Brett, all right. We're, he, put some respect on my man's name. He's coming for that PT. He's going to get his time. All right. He's going to. Yeah. I mean, well, he's going to earn that I'm trying to. Uh, I'm try, well, I'm trying to analyze this realistically and talk about guys that are actually going to play this year. I mean. You know, only way Brett Britton's probably going to play this year is if they have mass injuries in the backfield. Well, you, you're so. talking about the lack of depth at running back, my guy. It's the well, I've, I've, I've we yeah. Well, uh, we've asked you know Craig and all the other coaches about the true freshman and particularly the running back position, and uh, nobody's mentioned Brett Britton's name one time. It's because they're keeping him so. quiet, all right? They don't want team scouting him. Former <laughs> Super 25 Offensive Player of the Year. Come on, man. Yeah. But um, okay. do, you, do, you have any actual, do you have any actual analysis you want to add here? Or? Yeah. Um, okay. I, defensive back is the one that's kind of intriguing to me. Um, like, I, I know we waxed poetic about it on last week's podcast where we kind of talked about, you know, the safety stepping up and, and all this. Um there were a, there were a couple times last year I remember watching with the defensive backs kind of they they showed a lot of promise and they it seemed like they could hold their own while the defensive line heavily vaunted as it was last year didn't really live up to expectations so it's it's going to need to surpass expectations this year yeah um, Not, yeah when it, yeah in terms of a pass rush yeah absolutely. yeah yeah exactly and but the 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 defensive backs seem to do. Their, hold up their end of the deal um, a couple times some promising times last year having said that there were also times where they just looked outclassed and and I'm talking more so than just the Washington State game um, which they kind of they got they held in on for most of the first you know for a good chunk of that game and then fourth quarter they just kind of got blitzkrieged basically but um, yeah. it I, the Mountain West is, is going to be weird and tough too like you, you know it's kind of a mixed bag so it's going it's going to be on the defensive backs to be more consistent and to stick with their guys and really come into their own because like you said the the pass rush is going to have to develop the they're really the front seven basically are really going to have to play with a fire and yeah. It, it could take them a little bit of time to do that and if Wyoming wants to be successful during that time it's 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 going to have to rely a lot on the defensive backs to do it. Are you talking about safeties in particular? That need um, to not develop? just safety. I think they're about I think cor- yeah, I think they're about as developed as you general, can be but, at corner. Uh, um it's but obviously safety is kind of the the one right. that, the position that's probably a little bit more I don't even want to say scrutinized but more of a spotlight on it um, because of the 
the names that were lost last year. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, there is going to be some sort of rotation uh, at free safety. I mean, Craig Bowl and, and Jake Dickert, the new defense coordinator, and really anybody you talk to about that position says that. Uh, you know, Braden Smith is the guy right now, or at least he'll be – a starter in name because you basically have to throw you have to have a starter i mean you have a depth chart somebody's got to be at the top of it but he's not they're he's not going to they're not going to ask him to play 80 85 snaps a game like they did marcus epps uh i mean marcus epps was a guy that obviously him and andrew wingard had been around forever and you know those guys were on the field and and, and they never came off i mean they were that valuable they were that that good that consistent of players um so, and they had the maturity to be able to go out there and do that and, and handle basically playing the entire game. Braden Smith's not going to do that. They're not going to ask him to do that. Uh, Cam Murray, Rome Weber, um, you know, some younger guys there too. I mean, they're going to they're going to form a rotation basically at that position. Now, would you like to see a guy like Braden, um, you know, maybe solidify that spot to an extent to where you can have one guy that you can really count on and, and, you know, be able to take him off the field for two or three series and put him back on and, and get a guy that, that you give most of the reps to. Yeah, probably. I mean, that would ideally, that's, that's always a good sign uh, when you can go out there and and have one guy um, take a majority of the reps, but they're not, you know, they're not going to go out there and ask a guy to to play the whole game. Um, You know, they're going to rotate those guys and, you know, we'll see what happens. And then, you know, Elijah Halliburton on the other side, uh, I think just a lot of people forget, um, you know, how productive he was for them last year. And the fact that he even started six games because Andrew Wieger and Marcus Epps got so much of the pub, so much of the attention. But, you know, they moved Marcus to down to nickel halfway through last season. And so basically Andrew went to, over to – or played the one high safety essentially and, and – and uh, Elijah inserted the starting lineup and started the last six games. So, th- I mean, there's a ton of experience, and we—I mean, we, I know we've talked about it, but um, yeah, a ton of experience. And I think really the only question mark that they have um, in terms of safety is free safety, just because uh, they, they haven't had guys really go out there and do it. Now, Braden Smith's a, a fourth-year junior. I mean, he's been around a while. He's been a special teams contributor, knows the defense inside and out. So it's just a matter of going out there and doing it, because obviously. You know, they haven't had to use him on that you know, on defense much, and and really nope, nobody's really seen what he can do. Um, so, you know, obviously that's this is his time now. And then I think the other the other question mark is is, is nickel, um, just because they don't have a whole lot of depth there. I mean, Keon Blakenbaker, they've moved him from corner, and uh, he'll start the year there. And um, you know, they're confident in him and what he can do. But you know, if they have an injury, because I mean, you know. Keon didn't go through – he missed most of the spring with a hamstring injury, and they just sort of pieced that position together with with duct tape. Uh, There's just not a whole lot there right now. And that, that's – like I mentioned earlier, that's going to be a spot where some of these true freshmen uh, are going to get a look. Yeah. And I, it, it, the, the, I, it, uh, people like the true freshmen to play. They always like to um, say that, you know, I watched this kid. I knew he was going to be big and – I saw him in a practice or in a scrimmage one time, and I, you could just tell. Um, maybe that's just, like, my idiot friends growing up, you know, at, like, they'd go to the Nebraska spring game, and they'd say, oh, man, the dude had a big spring game, man, he's going to be big. I know it. Give him two years, he's going to be the next big thing. But, like, um, t- typically if you have to re- rely on their production, uh, it doesn't bode well for your team. But 
Um, yeah. I mean, what better way to cut your teeth, though, you know? And it's getting yeah. them time, getting them experience right away. Um, it's, it's it's good for Wyoming in the long run. Uh, obviously, it's what it does in the short term is yet to be seen, um, and how well they perform then is yet to be seen. Uh, but they could benefit from a little bit closer to game speed stuff at like the like the scrimmage. Uh, but you're not getting you're not getting to game speed like you know August thirtieth or whatever day it is at the war when Mizzou comes to town. You know, yeah. so you don't even know what what you don't even know what day the first game is. No, well, I thought Come the, on, man. I thought the 29th is the first like high school game because that's a I think that's a Friday and it's my birthday, so. Okay. No, the 29th is a Thursday. Sorry. So there's some. So the 30th is high school day, and then the 31st is when Mizzou comes to the war. So. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's. I don't know. We just don't know how far along the freshmen really are until we see them in game action. I guess is my yeah. my roundabout way of saying a very simple and obvious point. Um, sorry. So, is there anything you want to ask me, Brady? Uh, I know you asked me on Twitter if I, you had to ask any questions. I told you no, but um, anything you uh, anything you want to ask that uh, <laughs> I haven't covered that you you're interested in, or maybe some of our listeners might be interested in. Um, that's fine. If not, that's cool. No, I think what was it? Yesterday, or your story in today's paper, well, Sunday's paper, Sunday Star Tribune, um, about Josh Harshman is good. I mean, I obviously I I I liked it, but it's also, I'm sure our Casper clientele will enjoy it a lot as well. But um, he's a Casper kid and like a homegrown Wyomingite, and I know his dad goes down to the games, and I've. I've ran into to Coach Harshman a couple times on the sidelines, and he's got his camera out and playing proud dad and stuff all the time, which is which is cool. But to see a, a promising season come to an end that quickly, especially for a kid who grew up Wyoming and is Wyoming, that's tough. And and obviously it's tough on the family. It's tough on you know everybody involved. So to see him kind of rebounding and coming back with the same, you know, keeping the platform elevated for himself and expectations elevated for himself are good. Um, Is there a question here? No, no. Well, my main question out of that is what if he is ready to make that next or he is ready to continue that production, how do you see Sean Chambers, assumingly Sean Chambers' next step in maturity at quarterback, how do you see the tight end game filling in um, into Wyoming's offensive scheme? Yeah, no, that is a good question. And I actually am glad you, you mentioned him because uh, he has said that, you know, coming back from that knee injury uh, that forced him to miss all but three games last year, uh, you know, he got back to full speed this summer. Uh, he said he tested um, in, in their uh, summer workouts as well the best that he has ever has in Wyoming said he felt as as fast as he's ever been as strong as he's ever been going into his senior year so uh yeah he entered fall camp with no limitations um you know he's not wearing the brace anymore other than full contact periods uh he does they do have him wearing it 
um, whenever they go full contact. But he said he hope they he hopes to shed the brace for good. Uh, you know, once uh, the games start, but that's still to, to be determined um, to this point. But um, yeah, I think I, and I I think that's a good question because um, the questions they still have at receiver. You know, a group that really struggled last year with consistency and really playmaking ability. Because um, I think they only have one receiver back from last year that averaged more than 10 yards a carry. Or uh, 10 yards a reception, I should say. Um, so this is an offense that really, I mean, unless it was Nico Evans or, or Sean, you know, busting out for 50, 60, 70-yard run. I mean, this is an offense that really lacked explosiveness and big plays. Um, I don't know if they're going to get that from the tight end position, but I do think early on, at least, as they're still trying to form a chemistry and with Sean between Sean and the receivers, I do think these tight ends are going to be a, a safety valve uh, for Sean. And Craig Bowles even said, you know, he th- this tight end group because you do you do have um, Nate Wyman and Jackson Marcotte there, um, two just huge guys. Both of them go six seven. About 250, 260 pounds. Uh, a different style than Josh, who's about 6'3", 230. Um, obviously, Josh has a little more speed and um, a little more agility to his game. Um, so, obviously, that helps as a, as a pass catcher. But um, it's, Craig expects this group to be a strength. And he has said, you know, we want to get the tight ends more involved in the passing game. Um, easier said than done, but th- they're obviously – Certain routes, certain things you can scheme against in the short passing game to 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 get tight ends more involved with some quick hitters, and you know, in particular with Sean um, entering his first year as a full time starter, um, trying to develop his passing game because again, anybody that paid attention last year knows that they just they put him in and and ran him and until he got hurt. I mean, literally, you know, with the broken leg that you know he's fully recovered from at this point, but. They they want to expand this offense. They, they, Sean's comfortable enough mentally now to where they can expand the playbook. Um, you know they are working on uh, di- diversifying this offense and getting the obviously getting the passing game more involved. And I I do think in the middle of the field, um, you know these tight ends can can be a safety valve for him and you know, and particularly keep them ahead of the chains because it's going to be hard. You know, we'll see what Sean Chambers looks like as a passer. Nobody really knows until they go out there and, and do it uh, more than four or five times a game. Um, but this offense, I don't know if it's capable of converting many third and tens, third and twelves. Again, we'll see what they look like, but this offense needs to stay ahead of the chains. And if you can do that with the short, intermediate passing game, some quick hitters, get Sean comfortable, get him in a rhythm, um, I think Josh and these tight ends are – a prime group to do that. Um, and, and like I said, with, with, with the variety that they have at that position, with Josh being a little smaller, but a little faster, more better pass catcher at this point, and, you know, Nate Wyman and Jackson Marcotte just being the twin towers, basically, and, and, and guys that are a lot more physical, um, you know, they, they, can, they, they can do a lot of different things with that position. So that that's a position that not only for Josh, but the whole position group that, that they have high uh, expectations for. Good. Of course that that also that also comes with the caveat that he actually stays yeah, healthy this year. True. No, that's good. It's good to know. As a former tight end, um, it's always good to see the big dudes getting the most. It's the most underutilized position in professional sports. Um, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Who does he play for? Patriots. How good have they been? Really good. One of the best ever. 
So, yeah. just saying. Well, causation, Gron- correlation, I don't know. Rob Gronkowski was an absolute freak, too. I mean, those dudes don't just grow on trees. So yeah, that's true. That's he, that's very true. But even, yeah. like, Tony Gonzalez, you know? like <laughs> Yeah. I yep. mean, another another freak athlete, though. I mean, the dude, two-sport quality player. But, but yeah, I, I, yeah, tight ends represent. So yeah. I'm glad I'm I'm glad to hear that they're getting an increased role. I know Craig Bull has been recruiting it pretty heavily, or at least he has an a, a he has an appreciation for the position as well. So it's good yeah. to it's good to hear that that's going to be at least. Uh, a prominent um, part in the offense this year. Yeah. Uh, another note, um, since you mentioned that, uh, Trayton Welch, uh, one of the two f- true freshmen that they signed to that position, uh, he's got nothing but rave reviews uh, from Craig and basically anybody you talk to. Um, you know, he played, He was a receiver in high school. Um, you know, he, they signed him and recruited him as a tight end. With that depth that they have at tight end, I don't know how. And and he's about two hundred, little over two hundred pounds right now. Uh, I don't think I don't think they're going to be lining him up at tight end or specifically like as an inline blocker or anything like that. If he does play, um, but if he does play, I think he's a guy. It sounds like that they can split out in the slot and and uh, use as a, as a different sort of receiver at that position, almost like like a wide receiver. Um, if he ends up playing as a true freshman, so. Um, just another note there, but Brady, I think we can, uh, we'll take a break right there. And, uh, when we come back, we will answer, I will try to answer some of these Twitter questions. Welcome back into the postcast, and now we are. I'm gonna uh, answer some questions that I've gotten from some of you guys on Twitter, um, just about uh, fall camp or certain players um, and how they've performed in certain position groups so far um, through eight practices. Um, so we will start. Um, I had one person send me sort of a list of questions, so. Uh, I'm just going to go down this list. Um, first, have you noticed any notable changes in how they're using Sean Chambers? Uh, more passing, less design running, specifically. Um, I need. I do need to start this with the disclaimer that we media folks only get to see the first 30 minutes of each practice. Um, that's our viewing window. And m- most of the time, that is them stretching and individual position drills. Um, and then some, everyone, sometimes, just depending on how quick they get through some things, um, it, we'll see uh, the quarterbacks throw to receivers against air. Uh, we don't hardly see any team stuff. Um, every once in a while, like we've seen a couple of, of uh, pup 
drills, which are pass under pressure drills, which are essentially blitz drills, where you have the offensive the offense going up against the defense, um, you know, and and in live periods. Um, so we see a, a we've seen a couple of those, but by and large, we don't see hardly any uh, team stuff. So. I'm, I'm going to answer these questions uh, that I get to the best of my ability based on what I've seen. Because um, I mean, it'd be unfair for me to say how you know Sean Chambers has has looked, uh, you know, in uh, all the time, and when we don't get to see um, the majority of practice, and we don't hardly get to see any team stuff. Um, so, having said that, there is a real effort, as I sort of mentioned in the first segment. Uh, for for this offense to become more diversified and for it to look more like it did, uh, you, you know, with Josh Allen at, at quarterback the last few years. Now, look, Sh- Sh- I'm not, I don't mean from a, a, a talent standpoint because Sean Chambers is not Josh Allen, not even close. I mean, um, I just mean from you know play calling standpoint and and, and and a balance standpoint because this team was so. Um, run heavy last year and one of the biggest reasons they were so run heavy with Sean was at that point they were two and six uh, you know after they lost the Utah State game and, and uh, Sean went in at halftime uh, for his the first snaps of his career and they at that point they only had four games left and they had to win all four just to get the bowl eligibility so basically you know they went from having no plans to play Sean to things getting so dire offensively that they had no other choice but to try to put him in. At that point, they were just trying to win games. And he spent most of the season last year on the scout team, so he wasn't running their offense. He wasn't immersed in the offense last year. And, you know, running was is his best skill set right now, and they did what he did best to try to go out there and win those games, and it worked. Um, but this year, you know, entering his second full year in the system – um, you know, Sean has said, and, and Brent Vegan, the offensive coordinator, um, and, and even Craig have talked about the fact that they're at a point now, or Sean specifically is at a point where, you know, knowing or not knowing the offense isn't going to be a restriction at, at this point. I mean, he, he has said, you know, he's comfortable with everything. He's comfortable running um, everything that they have in the playbook. You know, if there's something they want to throw at him, he said he feels comfortable running it. So, yes, there's going to be – a more concerted effort to get this offense more balanced. Um, now, what, you know, we, I have not seen in, in team periods, um, you know, how much Sean is running or how much he isn't running. Um, so, I, I mean, I can't really speak to what their plan is going to be. Th- this is the bottom line with Sean Chambers. Running is, is his most developed skill right now. It's his best asset. And he they're going to use that. They'd be, they'd be foolish not to. I mean – He's got one of the best combinations of of uh, speed and power, uh, at, you know, in terms of, of quarterbacks running in this league um, that there is. So yeah, running is a big part of his game, and they're going to continue to use it. Now, do they want to run him 15, 20, 25 times a game? No. Um, you know, we'll see when we get into the year exactly how many times they run him, and you know, each each game will be different each week. Um, you know the. It, you know, just depending on the opponent they're playing and how the game's going, that's going to dictate some of that. But, um, yeah, there's no doubt that they are making a more concerted effort uh, to develop his passing game and to get this offense to where it's not as predictable. Um, not only because you want to 
you want to make your offense more unpredictable, obviously, but you also have to get to a point where you aren't exposing him as much in the run game. I mean, he played only four games last year and broke his leg. Uh, so, you know, when you use him as much as they did in the running game last year, um, your, your risk of, of getting injured is obviously greater. So you have to – they don't want to expose him as much. And you have to pick and choose your spots where you uh, where you want to run him um, because you, need, you really need to um, keep him healthy. If, if you're going – look, the, the whole key to their season, in my opinion, is, is, is the way Sean Chambers develops. And if they're going to not only get back to bowl eligibility, but get to a point where they're still in contention in the Mountain Division, you know, come late October, early November, uh, Sean Chambers has to play at a really, really high level. And you need him healthy, obviously, to be able to do that. So, um, yeah, th- there's obviously a more uh, concerted effort to to open up this this offense because they, they can't do what they did last year and be successful because I think – and I think we talked about this last week too, but one of the com- things that people aren't talking about a whole lot is the fact that you know Sean Chambers is going to see a lot tougher defenses than what he saw last year. I mean, his his only two two st- games that he started and finished uh, were against Colorado State and San Jose State. They combined for four wins last year, and they were so the, the reason they were bad is because they couldn't stop anybody uh, on defense. So. You know they got to go to Bo- he's going to have to go to Boise. He's going to have to go to Utah State. Obviously Missouri to open the year. Um, Nevada. You know this schedule. These defenses that he's seeing is are, is taking a step up uh, in terms of level of difficulty. So yeah, he's uh, you know they they've got to uh, they've got to diversify this offense and and get it to the point where where teams are respecting his passing game. Um, second question is how has the offensive line looked, including Frank Crum? Um, Frank Crum, for people that don't know him, for Brady, you know, uh, he is from Laramie and he is a offensive tackle. And right now, uh, to answer that question, Frank Crum uh, is running with the second team um, uh, at left tackle. So I mean, he you know he's one play away, uh, you know, from from being a starter. Uh, I can't really say how the line has looked. Again, we don't get to see team stuff a whole lot. Um, and then it's it's not really fair to judge them in blitz drills because obviously blitz drills, you're sending more uh, defenders, you know, than you can than you have offensive linemen or that you can block. So uh, the whole point of that drill is is uh, you know t- t- for the quarterback to make reads and to try, well to try to protect him obviously and then um, have him make reads and deliver the ball under pressure. Um, so, you know, hard to say really what, what the line has looked and also the defensive line. Um, another question is, is the defensive line looking good or not? Again, no, no real team stuff. Uh, so it's really hard to, to gauge what, what they've looked like when we haven't seen it. One thing I will say about the offensive and defensive lines, um, they are good uh, with their starters in terms of experience and talent. The issue that Wyoming has is that they are thin at both of those positions. So, you know, if they have some injuries, which have already started to creep up, um, things could get dire for them in a hurry. Uh, specifically on the defensive line, Ravante Holt, um, he missed Friday's practice um, with a knee injury. Uh, they were going to uh, do an MRI on that. They're not sure of the severity with that. Um and, and 
particularly on the the interior of their defensive line, they just don't have a lot of bodies there right now. You got Ravante Holt and Javari Jackson, uh, Mario Mora is back up um, at nose tackle right now as a redshirt freshman. Um, and that's maybe another position where they look at some of these true freshmen um, to at least try to provide some depth there. And yet uh, Alonzo Hall, one of those true freshmen defensive tackles, uh, he has got a fracture in his foot and may miss the opener, if not more games. So that's a position already that's uh, get, is – some concern for Wyoming, just given their lack of numbers. And you can say the off, same thing for the offensive line now that, uh, you know, you've got Gavin Rush and Zach Watts that are out for the year with the uh, knee injuries that they sustained in the spring. Um, you know, they like what they have up front, um, you know, with their starters. But, man, if, if they get a they get an injury or two, man, this this thing could get dicey. So um, that's something to watch just on in, in terms of the, of the uh, line of scrimmage. Uh, Brady, anything you want to add for – chime in with for uh, – move on with some of these questions um if frank crumb is playing this year um they're gonna have to shake things up because i'd fit i mean he's a big dude with a big frame but physically he's he's not a division one offensive lineman yet okay yeah you talk about that more because again he's a he's a red shirt freshman and i obviously have not seen him play at all um so, I mean, yeah, you can. I think you can give him a little insight into maybe what Frank Crown looks like or what he is as, as a player. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, man, <coughs> he he didn't really stand out to me when I would watch Laramie play the play. And that, I guess that's kind of indicative. You don't really need, like, an offensive lineman to stand out, but they struggled running the ball um, just in general. Um, they had some weapons like uh, Taylor Dodd, who is a free safety on Wyoming's depth chart. Um, he was Laramie's quarterback for a little bit of Frank Crum's time on the line. And he and Dodd just had to basically be an athlete making plays back there. Um, during basketball, I remember Frank being a big, big dude, big, big frame down low, but wouldn't run the court as well as you'd like to see uh, out of a Division One football yeah. player. Um, but again, all of these things can change throughout the season, and if he knows the playbook really well, that goes a long way. But um, yeah, that's that's I don't, I don't know. You're down there far more often than I am, but yeah. um, I'd I'd knowing what I do or knowing what I do know about him from his time in Laramie. I'd probably like to see a little bit more time um, before yeah. he sees uh, before he starts sniffing the starting lineup. Yeah. Well, I mean, the reality is for them that I don't, I don't, I don't know. They really have that luxury. I mean, a lot, again, the, the depth is something that they're going to have to work over the next three weeks to really develop. Um, you know, and all these guys, including Frank, are, are one play away uh, on that offensive line from from being starters. So. Um, yeah, obviously that that the numbers uh, along the line of scrimmage is, is a concern. Um, moving on to the next question, wide receivers. Will this be an area of strength finally? Um, I, I can't see that happening. Um, can they be a lot better? Yes, and they need to be. Um, but I think as long as this wide receiver group can just 
be decent for them, can go out there and make the routine plays. And that, that was an issue for them a lot of the times last year. Now, look, um, you know, Tyler Vanderwall struggles along with the offensive line's issues protecting him at times before Sean took over. I mean, that, that obviously had a lot to do with it. But I mean, there, there were times that, that they just went out there and, and did not make the routine play, you know, drops and, uh, you know, not, not being able to separate, you know, in, in your route running and, and create some, create some distance and, you know, get open for your quarterback. I mean, you know, you can, you can have all the talent in the world, man. If, if you can't, if you don't have the speed to, to separate and, and get open, it doesn't matter. Um, so, Yes, I think with Austin Conway, Rocket Ismail Jr., and uh, John O'Quali, I mean, those are three seniors that you you would expect, and particularly going into their last year, sort of a sense of urgency from, um, and particularly uh, with the way last year went. I mean, this is a team, again, that tied Air Force for the fewest passing yards per game in the Mountain West. Uh, Air Force. I mean, Air Force only throws the ball when they absolutely have to. So that's... I mean, they've got to be a lot better in that aspect. And, again, that goes back to, uh, you know, balancing this offense out and being able to, uh, you know, make go make a play when you've got six, seven, eight, may, hell, maybe sometimes nine defenders in the box. I mean, any defense that's watched uh, tape of Sean Chambers' games last year at Wyoming, I mean, they would be dumb not to stack the box – Try to take away the run and make Sean beat them through the air. And if they do that, and and Sean goes out there and and is accurate and has touch on his passes and and does everything on his part that he needs to do, and these receivers still can't can't go out there and perform, um, then it, obviously this this group's going to continue to struggle. I there's also not a deep threat, uh, particularly without C.J. Johnson. And look, I don't even if C.J. was still playing. You know, coming off that knee injury, I don't know if he was going to be the same player he was before. Uh, you know, I think he, he averaged around 16 yards per catch uh, for his career, led them in touchdown receptions in that 2017 season before, um, you know, tearing his ACL and the potato bowl that year. So I don't know if this offense is going to have the deep ball. I don't know if there's – unless one of these freshman receivers emerges sort of out of nowhere – because they do again. We, we talked. I talked about the physical maturation of some of these newcomers. I mean, they've got a couple of receivers um, that go about six four, six three, and you know look the part. Uh, do they try to you know mix in some of those guys to to uh, you know push the ball vertically down the field and, and try to loosen up these defenses? Some, you know, I don't know, um, but. I, I, with the current group, I, I don't know if there's a deep threat. Maybe John O'Quality can be that guy. Um, but Austin Conway and Rocket Ismail are more of your your you know, quick hit guys, guys you want to get the ball out to quick and get them in space and let them make plays uh, with their quickness. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to – if if that's an element that they're going to be able to develop this year because they didn't have it last year. And for the most part, they've got – most of those guys back, um, you know, outside of James Price, who might have been their biggest threat to be sort of that, that deep ball guy last year, and even that didn't happen. So I, I just – I don't know if that's a part of the offense that's going to make a comeback or not because I, I don't know if they have the personnel to do that. We'll see. Um, 
But yeah, I think I don't know if this receiver group is going to be a strength for them. But I also don't know if it has to be. Again, if they can just be decent, if they can go out there and just make the plays they're supposed to make. Now, you, would you like to see a little more big play potential out of them, a little more explosive? Sure, absolutely. And I do think, you know, we mentioned Rocket and Austin. Get the ball to them on a slant, on a bubble screen, um, you know, some short intermediate route, and they're able to make a guy or two miss. They have a skill set um, where they can do that and turn, you know, short gainers into long explosive plays, but they have to go out there and do it. So, um, yeah, I mean, that position's still a, a big unknown because this group just has not gone out and produced consistently, um, you know, over the course of their careers, and particularly last year. Yeah. No, it's it's going to be interesting to see how what the next step is. What's like, how do they mature and how do they, they elevate their game this season because with – Hopefully with a quarterback who stays healthy. Uh, quarterback staying healthy, that is obviously the, uh, the key to every football team season. Um, right. <laughs> so. It okay, almost goes without uh, saying. Yeah. The uh, last question I got um, was, is Sean Chambers on a tight leash? Uh, no. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> um, look, I mean – First of all, again, people have to remember, Sean Chambers has played four games. Uh, not even four full games. I mean, he got hurt on the first drive against Air Force last year. Came in against um, Utah State at halftime. So he's basically played ten full quarters of college football. Um, and yet, he was by far their most productive player. Um, I think Sean – look, we don't know what Sean Chambers is going to necessarily look like as a full-time passer. Uh, he only full threw 25 passes last year, but he completed 15 of them. 60, he, so he completed 60% of his passes. A very small sample size, but it was far more productive than what they got uh, out of Tyler Vanderwall, which is the whole the whole reason that they made that quarterback switch. Um, and I also think that's a part of, of sort of the answer to this question is let's say even if 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 Sean Chambers hypothetically you know went out there and wasn't any better of a passer over the course of a season than Tyler Vanderwall was, Sean Chambers still has the ability um, to threaten you threaten your defense with his legs. Uh, Tyler Vanderwall is not a stiff by any means in the pocket. I mean, there were he ran some. Um, they even pulled out a few design runs for him, but he's more of your prototypical. Um, big arm pocket passer that Craig Bull and Brent Vegan have been known for developing, you know, over the course of the years. So, I mean, even even if they were on the hypothetically, if Sean and Tyler were on the same, were on a level playing field as far as their passing went, Sean Chambers still has the added dimension of the running game, and he's he's pretty good at it. And so, I think even if things were equal there, you would still go with Sean Chambers because of that aspect alone. Uh, he still has another avenue, uh, another dimension to his game that where he could theoretically beat you with. Um, and then the other part of that too is is this team is still relatively thin at quarterback. I mean, we talked about that even going, you know, leading up to uh, signing day this past year. Uh, beyond Tyler and Sean, the only other scholarship quarterback on the roster is a true freshman, Levi Williams. 
I mean, if, if things, if worst case scenario played out and you were thinking about making another quarterback change at some point this year because your quarterback was so ineffective, you're going to turn to a true freshman. And Levi Williams is a, a full on pocket passer. Um, you know, I haven't seen him in a game yet, so I don't, I don't know to what degree um, his athleticism is, but. I mean, he's more of, um, you know, Tyler Vanderwall's uh, mold. And, I mean, a guy, again, a true freshman that would be coming in with very limited knowledge of the playbook. I mean, if, you know, even if, if you did end up trying to make some other quarterback change and he got a look, I mean, how much of the offense is he realistically going to be able to run? So, I mean, I think Sean Chambers is pretty safe. Um, you know, just depend, you know, going off of what he did last year. Coming into this year, um, and it should be noted too, you know, in some of the the skeleton drills we've seen them throw, um, his short and intermediate routes have been pretty accurate. I mean, he, there's nothing that I've seen that kind of made me go, "Oh, I don't know about that," you know, or that looked ugly. I mean, it, it he's had touch and accuracy on on most of those throws that I've seen through the first week of fall camp. The one throw that uh, he has to work on, and even him and, and Craig Bowl will tell you this, uh, is the deep ball. Um, it's not quite there yet consistently. There are some balls that he overthrows. Um, so he, he's still got to get uh, hone that in and get a feel for that. But, you know, as far as most of the throws I think he's going to be asked to make, um, he's looked pretty good just in terms of his delivery and his accuracy. Um, uh, I mean, he's got – he's. He doesn't have the strongest arm, but he's got enough arm strength to, to make most of the throws that, that they're going to need ask him to make. Um, so, yeah, a very long-winded answer to say no. I, Sean Chambers is – I think his his leash is really, really long. Yeah, one, one so. could even say that he's not even on a leash. He's in a fenced-in yard right now. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or he's not even in a fenced-in yard. He's just he's a lot like my dog's going to be, or was this morning and is going to be in a little bit, just free to roam yeah. the dog park, free to go wherever he wants. Yeah. And it's, I should note, too, Tyler Vanderwall has actually gotten some pretty good reviews during fall camp. I mean, they, they've been pleased with, with what they've seen out of him. The, the problem with Tyler, um, and, and look, he's, he's admitted this, uh, even going back to last year and even some in the spring, when he was going through some of the struggles he was last year, it became mental for him. And he had to deal with the mental side of it, I guess, just as much as the physical side. I mean, you know, because if – I mean, you can ask anybody that's ever played any sport at every level, man. If you don't have any confidence, you don't have anything. Like, if you don't believe you can go out there and get it done, you're not going to do it. And, um, you know, he had obviously some, some bright spots last year. The, the last-minute touchdown drive against Wofford – um, you know, le- leading the comeback against Air Force in the f- yeah. in the fourth quarter, uh, when when that team looked looked dead and in the water. So yeah, um, you, you know he's uh, he's shown the ability to do it. It's just I, I don't like again. If worst case scenario came up and they were got to a, a, a spot where they were thinking about making another quarterback change and going back to Tyler, um, you've sort of seen what what he what he can do. Uh, in those situations, so is it, is it going to be much better with him than it was than it is with Sean? If he if he were to go out there and struggle, I don't know. And again, that goes back to the point of, um, you know, if if they're essentially the same passing the ball, you still stick with Sean because he can he can give you so much in terms of what he can do running the ball. Um, 
Now, that's not ideal because at that point, if 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 Sean's passing game were to not develop at all, and and you got to that point, um, you know, teams would just you know put eight nine guys in the box and probably shut that down, and then you don't you don't have another dimension to your offense where you can uh, attack defenses. So then you become one dimensional. So. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how bad he would have to struggle for them to get to a point where they were thinking about, uh, you know, making a change. But yeah, I, I don't. He's the guy, and I mean, I think it would take a lot for them to even think about it. Yeah. Well, and what message do you? I mean, I know it's a competitive thing, but what message do you want to send to a guy who, you know, had a really serious season-ending injury last year? That you know, at the at the first sign of struggle, or if he does go through kind of a tepid period this year, that you pull the pull, pull the plug on him. That doesn't send a great message, yeah. you know. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I th- but I, th- I think Sean Chambers is going to have a good year. I do. I mean, if he stays healthy, um, you know, I, I haven't seen like I mentioned, I haven't seen anything. And again, it, I know it's mostly against air. At least what we're getting to see. Um, but I haven't seen anything that makes me think. Uh, it, it, I think his passing is going to be a real liability. Like I haven't seen anything like that, and um, so yeah, you know, it may look a little rough against Missouri, just based on the caliber of opponent. I mean, that may be the that's that's going to be the fastest and most athletic defense that they face all year. Uh, but once you get past that game and he get you know he gets into the meat of the schedule and it starts getting a rhythm and getting comfortable, um, you know, I, I don't think this is something we'll be talking about. You know, two three months from now. No, nah, but when Sean Chambers beats Mizzou, it's going to happen. Tigers are going to come in overconfident. Are you, call, are you, are you calling that? Are you calling that right now? I doubt it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> all right. Well, Brady, I, I think we can go ahead and wrap it up there. Um, stay locked in to Trib.com, PokesAuthority.com for complete camp coverage. Uh, we got videos. We got notebooks. We got daily coverage. Uh, so be sure to check that out uh, for all of our coverage from uh, Wyoming's fall camp. Our next ma- media availability and open practice is this morning, Monday morning. Um, so look for some more stuff this afternoon and throughout the week and every day leading up to uh, the season opener against Missouri at War Memorial Stadium on August 31st. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook um, at Pokes Authority and at Wild Varsity. You can follow us on Twitter. Brady is at Brady Oltmans, and I am on Twitter at Davis E. Potter. And if there's anybody listening that wants to tweet me questions um, in the future for us to discuss and answer on a future podcasts, please don't hesitate. Just go ahead and fire those away. This podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean, so make sure to follow along, like it, uh, download it, give us that five-star rating. Uh, Brady, anything want to add before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, I'll just add it real quick. I know I went off on Twitter the other day about it, but um, you're, this is about the time of the year where you're going to want to subscribe to the Star Tribune. If you're not already, you're going to want to smash that, that like and subscribe. Um, because not only, are, obviously, if you're listening to this, you're a Pokes fan or you're a Pokes, you, f- you fancy yourself a Pokes intellectual. Um, Davis has had daily stories coming out of fall camp. If you subscribe now, you're not going to risk 
hitting that paywall because you've clicked on so many of them. You're going to continue reading those unimpeded. You'll get our awesome fall or Wyoming football preview tab, which is jam-packed with all content, great photos from Kayla, Nemo, um, and great stories from you, obviously, on what to look at for out of the pokes this year. Um, selfishly, I'll also plug my high school reporting. Um, you can find out about possible future pokes um, this season through reading my reporting and on my high school beat. Um, it's $3 for the first three months right now. That's a great deal. And even after that expires, it's still cheaper than Netflix. And you not only do you get uh, complete access to our online archives, but you get our, all of our newsletters, all of our great content, um, not only sports, but um, the city and county beat that um, Morgan is great on, um, Shane's cops reporting, uh, Seth's um, education and healthcare reporting, and obviously uh, Camille's fantastic energy reporting, not to mention Shane or Nick's uh, state politics report. I could go on about it, but... You also nope. get the digital edition of the the newspaper, which is pretty freaking cool still to me. So um, I I'm tired. Yeah, it's partly because I'm tired of seeing people click the tabs and or go through the comments and say, as the Star Tribune switched to a hard paywall, how are you doing? I deserve to not have to pay for my news. Well, come on, man, it's not that bad. It's it's cheap. Um, you stay informed. It's really good for your brain. It's good for Wyoming to stay informed on it. And it's good for us because we get to keep having our jobs and keep doing the jobs that we like. So subscribe to the Star Tribune right now and make make a reporter happy. That's what I got. Yes. Yes. Good good journalism deserves to be supported. Oh, yeah. I need to, I need to be cooled down like James Brown after that. Yeah. All right. Um, well, yeah, we uh, appreciate all of you guys for listening. As always, we will be back next week with another podcast. Um, for see what happens between now and then. But we'll talk some more fall camp. See where Wyoming is at. What will be basically the midpoint way of camp. Uh, Brady, appreciate you uh, coming on and talking with me, and we will catch up with you guys later.